So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome to another episode of Thomas by Bravo. Hey, Liz. Hi, Em. Can I start out with reading you a series of three tweets from Lisa Hochstein that I just saw? Oh, I would be more than honored. (laughs) Okay, we start with just karma. Then, I know I've been pretty quiet. I'll have a lot to say soon. And then a retweet of someone saying, girl, we are all on your side. What real man kicks the mother of his children out of the, quote, family home? He should be leaving. End of story. (gasps) Oh, my God. This season of Miami is going to be absolutely amazing. I really honestly believe that we are going to get a play-by-play of exactly how it went down. Like, Same. I think that – I mean, listen, not that Lisa has been shy to share in the past. I think she's been pretty open. But I think she's very aware or will be very aware of how quickly the public will take her side. And I think she's going to run with it. And I say that in celebration. I think the only thing that she ever had any reservations about was talking about her relationship with Lenny because she was a little bit insecure about it and admitting that whole emotional affair thing and putting their relationship back on the screen because it clearly was not in an amazing place. So now that that barrier has been broken down and we're going to get full-fledged Lisa Hochstein like, oh my God, no, she is going to fucking rip him to shreds and Peacock is going to deliver it to us on a silver platter. The other thing about that franchise specifically is that they're no stranger to breakups. Generally speaking, they're pretty open to the chaos and the ups and downs that go on in relationships. So I think the rest of the women are really going to feed into it as well. Like I I just think this is going to be Lisa's season. I can't help but hear like all of the cheating anthems before he cheats Carrie Underwood or Goodbye Earl Dixie Chicks just playing. And I just see like Marisol and Alexia like come in a key Lenny Hochstein's car. Like they do not take that shit. No, they don't. And the other thing is that so much of Lisa's personality, not to say was associated with Lenny, but so much of kind of what she presented was the wife of this plastic surgeon. And I think that it'll be really fun and empowering to almost see her as her, you know, Lenny aside. I know it will be, but again, I can't say that I won't be so fucking upset to see her not living in that house. Although, listen, let's be honest, the entire time we've liked the house for just the sentiment behind it and like the tackiness that it (laughs) kind of cemented, we didn't actually like it. It wasn't like a Nicole Martin situation. 
obviously not, but it just felt so perfect for her. Home sweet home. Like she fought hard for that mosaic tile next to her Birkin closet. And now to not be there, it's such a part of who she is. And like we had said a couple weeks ago, they throw these massive parties and it was part of her identity that she lived on Star Island, that she had this home and that she was always just having a million people over and showing it off and living this fantasy Barbie life. So to see her out of that element, you know, it'll be different for sure. It'll be different for sure, and that'll be an adjustment. I don't know. I just am very, very excited for this season. I mean, we Me said too. it last season that I feel like every week coming on, Miami was the thing we were the most excited to talk about. Miami was the one where I watched it as soon as it was on. Like, I didn't wait. I didn't put it on the back burner. I was, like, desperate. Like, cell phone on silent. The show is about to begin. I not distracted. I, I have popcorn, and I watch and it just brings me so much joy. So now for them to have so much storyline built up, are you kidding me? It's going to be incredible. It's going to be heaven. It's going to be heaven. The other thing I wanted to mention, not that this is surprising to anyone, but I'm sure you saw that Dr. Jen officially filed for divorce from Ryan. <laughs> like literally the pretends to be shocked gif. I know. And I was thinking about the end of the reunion when she said, I guess, that she moved out or whatever it was. And Andy said, oh, you're kidding. And she's like, no, 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 I'm not kidding. And we knew from that moment. I mean, we knew earlier than that, but really that moment that that ship had sailed. Good for her. She's better off without him. Yeah. For, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? And he's honestly probably better off without her. There was no reason for either of them to stick around. And whether she'll be back or not, I'm just happy because I actually did like her as a person. And I think she deserves to not be with him. Listen, <laughs> I'm not saying that people can't have bad nights. Obviously, you should never be judged for your worst night. But I do think that it is very hard to come back from that night at the Dubros. <laughs> like, to me, <laughs> just from the viewer perspective, that was really dark. Talk about the ick. What happens when you get the ick for your own husband while you're filming a show? Can't be a good feeling. That's what happened. That is literally what happened. And I think that it was honestly mutual. I agree. It was they both were just like ick ick nation and we got to get it out of here. Yeah, we got to get it out of here. Just one thing that I want to mention before getting into Beverly Hills is the Ramona Teresa wedding invitation thing because <sighs> that spiraled in a way that the internet could have only dreamed of. Like truly the way that that went down I think was Twitter's really greatest dream. This was I I actually don't even have words that I've been able to process it for a week. Ramona just continues to outdo herself. And I mean, I was watching in real time. I'm watching her stories because I'm like, oh, I'm interested. What's Ramona up to today? You know, it's always entertaining. And she's showing off this beautiful lucite imitation in this huge box with all these flowers. And then you look and it says Teresa and it says Louie. And then it says the date and the wedding website and the time and the everything. And then, of course, everybody, because this is just what everybody does, logs on the wedding website. They're looking through the, you know, all the normal things that people have on their wedding website, the RSVP, the hotels, where it is, everything, the dress code. Also, people were able to, like, go back and look who's in the bridal party, which was very interesting. I think Kenya is, but Melissa isn't. And Kyle Richards is invited. And I mean, there's so many things and so many layers to this. And Teresa and Louie were interviewed about it at the MTV Unscripted Awards. And, you know, you could tell Teresa was just like Ramona's being Ramona. 
but she was so fucking annoyed. Oh, she was pissed. I mean, if you watch the body language in those interviews, it was Louie that was trying to keep the peace. It was like, well, it was an honest mistake. It was an honest mistake. And you saw Teresa. She was trying to play it off as a joke, but she was really annoyed. And I very much understand that. Well, because now I think everybody is saying to her, you have to change the date. You have to change the location, make a new website. She said she had to hire like extra security. You know, this is a high profile thing and not even just paparazzi and press, but also like crazy fans. You never know. And for her to now have to think about that on top of everything else, because Ramona can't help but brag on her Instagram stories about, I just got the most beautiful invitation. And trust me, I get a lot of invitations. Like, oh my God, I would be so pissed. I honestly think what it is, and I know the joke is that it's Ramona being Ramona and I get it, but I think what's frustrating about it if you're Teresa is like, this isn't Ramona's first season. She's been in this game for as long, if not longer than Teresa. She knows how this stuff goes. And I just think that when you're in this position, you have to have a level of care that you would want people to have to you if it's your event. And it's just unbelievable how even when she's in the exact same position as someone else, it's not like she can't envision what it's like to be a famous housewife that people are going to be interested in the date of their occasion. She knows what that would be like. And somehow she does not have the wherewithal to understand that. And it's honestly, it's alarming. It's alarming because her need to show off this invitation and brag about how many weddings she goes to trumped all of that. Right. And I just think that that's really unsustainable to have as a friendship, which I guess for Teresa, in her mind, it's like, okay, well, she's not my closest friend. I'll invite her to the wedding. (laughs) Not realizing that a simple invite would cause such chaos. Oh my God. Imagine someone who's like kind of on your B list ruins the whole thing for you. I mean, I have people on Instagram who are not famous or not known at all, and they still blur out the little like website or location just to be safe. Right. There's just some things as common courtesy. And I think that what's really interesting about Ramona and honestly, the reason that she has worked for so long is because she doesn't operate by any of the norms. And while it's infuriating, it is so entertaining. It is. It's so entertaining, but only from afar. Like I think if I was one step closer to her, I would just not be able to handle it. Well, that's the thing. Arms length distance and you're fine. Any closer, it's a little bit scary. Exactly. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. 
And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, I want to talk about Beverly Hills. Are you ready for that? I'm very ready. I'm just so confused. Like, I am not enjoying what's currently happening. I'm so confused. And I thought our confusion was done. Like, I thought that that had come and gone. We figured it out. We nailed it down two weeks ago. Last week was a joy. And here we are, and I'm completely re-confused. I know. And, okay, like total honesty, there's a part of me that feels slightly uncomfortable discussing it in the way that I want to because I know we all feel like, okay, the thing that she was referring to as quote dark was the hot tub thing. And now that that came out, nobody seems to think it's as bad as she thought it was. And everyone's kind of moved on. There's still the part of me based on the fact that she was almost making it seem like that wasn't the thing that who knows a few weeks down the line, it could come out that it's something really terrible. And then we all look like idiots for coming down so hard on Crystal. But you know, you can only operate with the information that you currently have. And I guess the way that I reframe my thinking on it is like, regardless of what was said or not said, the way that this was brought up to me was objectively shitty. I don't think that you are allowed to make such a point about an unnamed instance and then completely remove any accountability for explaining the instance. Because I can respect the perspective of like, it's too painful for me to talk about. That I can understand. But with this particular thing, what everyone was saying was correct, that when you give such a little details, people really do assume the worst. And then you're talking about someone's character and someone's reputation. And I think it really hit me the most when Garcelle said to Crystal, listen, this isn't about saving Sutton, not saving Sutton. I am very close with Sutton. And if you're telling me that she said something that would alter the way that I feel safe with her, like... That's something you got to tell me if you were choosing to bring it up. And I I completely agree with that. Do you, like, what do you think? I feel like in the very beginning, I actually, like, respected Crystal's decision. Like, yeah, you're not going to repeat it. But then I realized the way she was bringing it up and talking about it was almost worse, maybe, or had the potential to be equally as damaging than if she just had said it. So – at that, at that point, it was like, okay, now we're just hypothesizing and everyone's just kind of guessing and trying to poke and figure out what was said. And they're just all circling the, the drain and it's like a guessing game. And then, like you just said, they're all filling in the blanks of how bad could it be? From what they're hearing, it's Crystal saying it's so dark. Like they're probably thinking of the darkest thing that they could think of. So it was so hard and it was just such a 
frustrating conversation for everybody and then for us as viewers and also then for Sutton who's like how did we even get here Crystal and I have talked about that night we've talked about all of our issues we've gotten to such a good place and now we've ended up here just because Crystal was trying to defend herself and almost threw Sutton under the bus and it was just like it was so frustrating also just as a side point for a second MVP of this episode and the previous episode was Garcelle to me, hands down. And I feel like what's happened with her is, okay, last season, of course, we liked her. She was a fun addition. She's glamorous. She's beautiful. She's in Hollywood. You know, she's a great fit. I genuinely think it's gotten to the point where her presence is so necessary in order to move storylines along because she's such a straight shooter while also being so empathetic that it just really works. And she's in a very unique standing in the group because I would say she's one of the only people that every single person respects. And I just, I can't stress enough how important she is in terms of getting some of these storylines to actually move forward. Oh, I mean, she's fully the glue that is holding this group together. And I would be honestly afraid for there to be like a group dinner or any kind of conversation in a larger group that she's not at because she plays referee and she sort of like brings everyone back to home base and what we're really talking about. And You're right. Everybody respects her, but also she has such a good grip on these situations that if she wasn't there, they would just completely spiral and tangent out of control. I know. I mean, the thing that I keep telling myself in terms of this particular dynamic is that clearly whatever this issue was, it couldn't have been that bad because in current day, Crystal Sutton and Garcelle are very, very close. But it's almost to me, hard to fathom how you can go from what's happening on your screen currently to them them being so close. Because if I'm Sutton, I'm really, really pissed at Crystal. Like, It's one thing to fuck up and acknowledge that fuck up and have someone explain to you why what you did was wrong and to be gracious in that apology and to squash it. And I actually even think after something is squashed, someone can be re-hurt and want to re-bring it up and kind of have that conversation again. And I think if you're the one that is being offensive, you owe that to the other person to allow them to have that conversation. But that's not what was happening here. It wasn't like Crystal was saying, I'm still really hurt by this and I kind of suppressed it because I wanted to move on. I didn't want to make you look bad, but I want to have a conversation about it because I'm not over it. That's not what she's saying. And that's why she lost me. What she was saying was that she was using it as like a, a bargaining chip. And to me, that's just playing dirty. And then I thought this was so condescending when she looks at Garcelle and says, I know that's a big word. What the fuck does that mean? Crystal spent so much of last season harping on the fact that the women denied or disagreed with her use of the word violation, which I think even when we were talking about it, we said it seemed like a strong word. But now I've listened to her point and she's right. Nobody else can define what violating is for someone. But if you are somebody that is so connected and so in tune, or so you say with the power of words, then I think you have to be a little bit more careful than when you bring certain things up. It feels wildly hypocritical and honestly mean. I think when Crystal's in the hot seat in any way, shape, or form, she just sort of goes blank and she pulls out whatever she can, which I think will end up being a little bit harsher or meaner than she actually means for it to be. Because when you see her in one-on-ones or when she's like looking at other people's situations she handles it completely different than when the spotlight's on her or when there's pressure on her and then she sort of just blanks out and it's like really honestly upsetting to see and I can imagine watching it back she's like oh god like I, I why did I go there like my let my emotions and frustration get the best of me and I think she almost feels like when there's a spotlight on her 
she like she draws a blank. I also felt like in terms of the way that Garcelle handled this, I genuinely didn't feel like she was coming just from the place of being like Sutton is one of my closest friends. And what you said was kind of bordering on a potential character assassination because you made it sound like it was that bad. So I'm going to defend her. That totally existed. But like I said earlier, a lot of it was she was coming at it from her own perspective of like, if I am so close with this person, if you are going to bring that up, something that you know would impact me as well in terms of the way that I would feel, you then owe it not just to her, but to me to say it. So it was almost like a a double whammy in terms of I felt her ability to challenge Crystal on this. I can't get over when she looked at Garcelle and said, I know those are big words. You no. don't think that's like so fucked up? What if someone said that to her? No, it's so condescending. And I I'm also curious if this conversation that went down between Crystal and Sutton that are the full comments that Crystal's referring to is on camera. Like, are we going to see them? Are we not privy to that information? Is it so bad that Bravo isn't going to put it out there or Sutton doesn't want them to? Like, I have so many questions about that because clearly the hot tub comment is on film like we saw it flash back to it but what else is there because on watch what happens live crystal said like that's not really what i was talking about and in that moment they made it seem like ding 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 this is the big answer and it really wasn't completely also and i saw this a lot (laughs) erica was grasping at straws here you know and to me i'm like if i'm her I am so happy to be out of it for once. I mean, the entirety of last season was on her, but she still, she can't help but kind of dig and involve herself. It's it's kind of wild. She's so narcissistic. Like anytime Sutton is having like a little bit of a bad moment or a breakdown or anyone says anything critical of Sutton, she can't physically help herself but jump on and say like, oh, well, what about me? Ha ha, remember our situation? Remember what you did to me? Like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. It's like- Literally enough. We heard it. We get it. Just sit back. Be chill. Just watch. Like, don't get involved and don't make it about you. We literally feel everyone being like, here we go again. Well, it's just that I understand if she wants to have her time with Sutton to really rehash last season. I mean, not that that's going to be favorable in the eyes of the audience, but if she wants to do it, go for it. To me, it's like, this is just not the time. By the way, if I'm her, why would you even want to involve yourself in what is looking to be very messy and very kind of complicated. Like, wait for a powerful moment. If you want to really get her, like you want to make this point and you want to just destroy her, wait for the right time because what, we're how many episodes in are we? Four or five? She's already brought it up every single time Sutton opens her mouth. We're already sick of it. If she had just stayed quiet and waited for that one amazing moment to really make her point and really catch her, Then it would be like, oh, Erica, you know, had a moment. How calculated was that? No, it's like exhausting. She's like, I don't even know. She's like the drunk aunt who keeps repeating the same old story from the 80s. Like, we're done. We get it. I know. I know. It's just not – I think that while she was doing it, not to say that some of it wasn't just, you know – kind of like immediate reaction to the frustration that she was feeling. But I do mm-hmm. think a lot of it was performative. I think she was like, this is going to be good. Yeah. You know, like this is going to be my time in the sun. And I'm sure watching it now, even she would kind of acknowledge that it just didn't give what she thought it was giving. No, it's it's a bit of a flop if I say so yeah. myself. It's a bit of a flop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we're going to have to see what plays out with this. I really don't know. I'm, I'm curious about next week. They kind of – 
they kind of led us up to think that this was going to be the blow up and then it kind of turned into a little bit of a filler. I know. And we see Garcelle saying like, Erica, you're bugging the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> woman of the people. But that's what I'm telling you. Woman of the people. Woman of the fucking people. What do you think about Diana? I feel like I'm in the minority because I really like her. I do too. But I also like don't think she really knows what's going on and like she just like wants to shut everything down. It's like, no, this is what we're here for. Like we don't want to shut the drama down. Like that is literally what you're here for. And she's like, oh, come on. Like let's just move on. And she thinks she's above it. So I don't know. I like having those housewives in the mix because I think if they're all like pot stirrers trying to come up with drama, it gets kind of boring. But I also think she just has no idea what she signed up for. No, but it's kind of the Kathy Hilton effect of yeah. season one. You know, I, I think that when you come into a show like this, when you need it so little, this is not like a Brandy Glanville season one situation. This is like a woman with more money than God that was just a little bored and decided, fuck it. Elton John said this would be fun. Like that's <laughs> truly what, you know, that's truly her thought process going in. She doesn't need the drama. And I think what she's bringing to the show or in her mind, and I agree with this, is just such a level of extravagance and wealth and glamour. And that's kind of her contribution. So she, so she doesn't feel the need to necessarily dig deep. Yeah. I don't know. People aren't loving her, actually. I I just do because I just like – I'm never going to get sick of somebody sending a team ahead of them to wherever they travel to make sure everything is set. Like that is days. a – For two days for, she's going. It's a, it's a different level of wealth and it really does bring me back to – the way that I felt first season Housewives, like yeah. this is so quote aspirational. So there's a part of me that just, like I said, it reminds me of the days when Adrian Maloof and Lisa Vanderpump lived across the street from one another. I'm not saying Diana's going to be my best friend, but I am saying I like watching her. I guess there's Housewives who I am more interested in them on a solo scene or when it's about their life. And then there's some Housewives who are more interesting in a group scene when it's about the drama. And maybe she just falls more into the former and that's okay. And maybe a group trip, aside from when her team is arriving, isn't exactly where she's going to thrive. And she'll learn. She will learn. I mean, even if you saw her in that one-on-one -on -one with Kyle, I felt she was very deep, very vulnerable. Yeah. She was willing to open up. That didn't feel, you know, performative. I felt like that was her being real. I just right. think she doesn't really give a shit about the rest of the women, which – why would she? She's just meeting them. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's I care more about her as a person and her life documentary style than I do about – her relationship with the women in the group and like getting in, into this drama that has lasted for so many seasons. It's kind of like you wish that she would do an episode of The Fabulous Life of. Yeah. Right. Like that's what we want to see. Like show her jetting around when she feels the need to like insert herself. You can tell she's not really in for it. Exactly. Oh, Lois. Oh my God. This broke my heart. I know. We knew that it was coming. We saw it. It's just – it doesn't get easier. No. And Rinna talking about it on social too of like how much she was dreading reliving it because of the show, I just thought showed how powerful like – and how big of a part of her life this show is. And also for Lois, like Lois appeared on the show more than most people's parents ever, ever do and had such a big impact on social media and it, it felt just different. Well, it's kind of like you see those TikToks about Nono still. Yes. You know, how, ma how many years later? It's kind of similar. There are certain parents that just come in and they have that impact. And I have to say, I think there's a real sense of joy from being a child, no matter how old you are, even if you're in your 50s, and almost having external confirmation and validation that it's like, 
I know how special my parent is, but look at the rest of the world also got it. I just think there's something really beautiful about that. And for Rinna to share her with the world, number one, and then number two, see that she was being received in the way that she would have hoped, that's that's beautiful. It was beautiful. And I also love in these moments the reminder of how close those few girls really are and that they had such an actual legitimate relationship with her mom was probably so comforting. I think a lot of people would – I'm sure a lot of people did, but I think even more would be so critical about her going on a trip so soon after her mother passed away. But she's amongst people who know her so well and also knew her mom so well. And it was like, yeah, my mom would fucking want me to come on this trip. Yeah, you can't judge that. You really don't know how you're going to feel. Right. It's really one of those things, like when they were talking about it, and I I think it was Kyle that said, you know, there's nowhere else that I would have wanted to be when my mom took her last breath. Like I'm sitting there thinking like, I fucking wish that I didn't relate to this. Like I, I wish I didn't know what it was like to be sitting next to your mom when she takes her last breath. But – and if you've experienced it, obviously you know exactly what I mean. It really is just – oh, I can't. I'm going to – I was hysterical watching this. I really was. It's like – I'm not even going to do it a disservice by trying to explain it, but I just know she'll never be the same and not necessarily in a bad way. It is just literally the most moving experience you can probably ever have. It's like the person that brought you into this world, you are now with them when they're leaving this world. And to try to wrap your head around that, I, it's just, it's wild. Crazy. It's crazy. Um, wait, the other thing that I wanted to mention is Dorit. Wow. This is my question. How did we talk about her marriage or what did we think about her marriage with PK pre-robbery, like in seasons past? What was their relationship like? I'm almost blanking about it because right now she's just seems to be, you know, more connected to him than ever, obviously, and feels so appreciative for how he's handling all of this. Were there times previously when she's been in emotional ruts, obviously not like this, and he's really risen to the occasion in the way that she's portraying him to now? Um, No, but I feel like we've been on such a journey with PK. Like in the beginning, we were like, what? This pairing is a little bit, you know, weird. And then we went through the whole thing where he said he saw Erica without panties on and he would get really involved and fight with the women and it was so like not it and then I don't know I mean this is just my perspective I really turned a corner on him and the last couple of seasons I've just loved him and he's become really good friends with Mauricio and Kyle and like that whole thing and watching them off the show on social media like I really have grown to love him in the past couple years. It was definitely a bumpy start, but I think he's always been this supportive and this almost worshiping of Dorit, whatever you need. I trust you. I love you. We're partners. Like that's always sort of been his MO. So it's not surprising to me at all how he's risen to this occasion and really has made her his number one priority. Yeah. People really either like him or dislike him though. There's like not him. that much of an in-between. I, I think that I like him also. But if you look on social, I mean, there's a large portion of people that still think the robbery was bullshit and that, she, you know, he set it up because of the debt that he was in. Yeah, I just don't foresee, like, him having to put his wife through therapy and all. It's just, like, to me, it's just not possible. But I, I can, I guess, appreciate everybody's perspective. It's so not my take. 
but people are so firm in it that it's almost for one second you look at it and you're like, wow, how are you so sure about this? Because to me, I'm looking at a woman that's traumatized. But it goes to show you people watch these shows so differently. Some people are genuinely – I saw it all over the internet. Some people are watching to read in that session and they think it's entirely bullshit. But I I don't know. I don't know if anyone else listening has done EMDR for various reasons, but I've done it specifically for PTSD after my dad's heart attack and – it's very emotional. I mean, and I guess I should say it can be very emotional. It's not like everybody has the same experience, but I related very much to her, you know, crying as she was going through it because basically what the therapist is doing is like you think of one thing, right? And then they tell you to go with that thought. So you're just following where your mind is going. You're not necessarily aware that that's where you're going to get. Like I got to some very, very strange places in my mind that I wouldn't have necessarily consciously or willingly gone to, but you're holding these two things that are vibrating. And it's just, it's such a strange experience that I, I don't know. I felt connected to her in this, but Again, I know a lot of people didn't. And then for her to share it, not knowing what's going to happen and like what her reaction will be, to show it on the show, I don't I mean, it I I I'm happy that we got to watch it because I feel like it made us more connected to her journey and her un- and understanding like how much this impacted her and how bad it really was. And also like like you said, for people to see what this stuff is and what it's like and how people going through trauma go through it. Mm-hmm. It's intense. But we always say this across all franchises. Forget about just trauma. Whatever the therapy is, and a lot of it I know feels staged, I genuinely think net-net, the audience is better off for viewing that. Because I bet you there's a small percentage of people after every episode when they see this that it is normalized in their minds, or maybe it's slightly destigmatized in their minds. And I, I think that there's power in that. I really yeah, do. I do too. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. I got to tell you, if I'm Drew and I'm watching these episodes back, I think I would have a really hard time engaging with the women specifically at the reunion because if I'm her, I'm thinking, nobody believes a word that comes out of my mouth. You know, like I I truly believe that these women, not that they think she's a fraud necessarily, but I think that they feel she's entirely performative. Yeah, with her relationship and her business. And it's so hard because like, 
I always say this. I really like her when you talk to her. (laughs) She feels so genuine and so cool and, like, she has really good intentions. And then, I don't know, like, I see the girls gossiping and I'm laughing at everything they're saying. And, like, you know, she's saying that LeBron James used to listen to her music before he went on the court. And they're like, what are you talking about? Then they're going on her website that she's been building this business. No URL found. And then there's, you know, they're looking at her husband and can't even get started on that. It's like, oh, you're right. Like, you're so right. But also, like, I love Drew. So I don't even know what to feel. (laughs) I know. And I'm watching it. And it's exactly how I feel. I'm like, you know what? You guys got a point. She does seem kind of full of shit in a lot of ways. (laughs) The thing you have to remember, though, is that the women aren't watching the confessionals at in real time like we are. You know, like Drew doesn't shine in her group scenes to me. I, like I think in her group scenes, she's the least convincing. I think around Ralph, it's a disaster. But then when she's sitting one-on-one in her confessionals, it's not that I necessarily believe her more, but I just enjoy her. And then I remember she's an actress. She's a natural born entertainer. And I'm just kind of falling to that. I don't know. I know the internet is not necessarily on her side, but I think she's fun. I think it's the kind of thing where people love to hate her. And then if she was off the show, they'd be like, damn, I kind of miss that girl. I just can't like understand how I, when she's talking, I'm like, oh, you're so level-headed. Like you're so get it. I would take advice from you. You're such a good friend. And then like she does the complete opposite of anything that she should be doing. And it's so hard. And then at the same time, I feel so bad because Obviously, it's housewives, and this is how the cookie crumbles. But for all of them to be sitting around just like talking shit about her, and look, it's not the worst thing that they could ever say. Like, they're sort of joking about her weight loss business and being shady, but it's hurtful. Like, I get it. It's so hurtful. And they've already shitted on her husband, which is, I mean, at this point, allowed. Like, go ahead. But it's like, I don't know. I think what I'm honestly picking up on, and this, of course, changes, like, as the season goes on, shit ebbs and flows. I think currently among the group, she's the least respected and it's never a good spot to be in. No, especially with this group. I also felt really weird about Sonya like confronting her in front of the whole group about basically disapproving of the way she handles things. Well, I think the way that I felt was like, you got to get a little bit more specific here. (laughs) Like you (laughs) literally say, I don't agree with the way that you handle things. Like give me, I need some bullet points here. If I'm Drew, I'm thinking like, okay, number one, you're confronting me in front of the entire group, first of all. And second of all, you're just going to give like a general giant part of my personality that feels targeted. I know. And it's almost like, oh, I kind of don't approve of you and I don't want to be associated with you because you don't handle things the way I would, which like, fine, you're allowed to feel that. But you got to give me a little more like Drew Drew sitting there like, okay, what what did I do to you? And her excuse is like, oh, you know, this whole glam crew in your room. So I wasn't able to talk with you about it then. So I felt like this was the time to do it. And Drew's like, what? What the hell is going on? What did I walk into? <laughs> I, I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we're watching the show in, with a completely different perspective than she is. Like she doesn't know what she's walking into in these rooms. Right. But then it's also I feel like she's at times blissfully unaware. Yeah. I don't know. She's she's very interesting. It's going to be kind of fun to see the way this plays out. And also what's going to end up with Ralph? Like are we going to be sitting at a reunion in a few months and Ralph is sitting at the chair behind her on the couch? <laughs> I hope not. I know. I don't know. But that's also – I felt that way about Sonia too. So when she's all of a sudden handled something like this, I'm like, whoa. We're not expecting <laughs> that out of you. I know. I know. Can we – like I, I actually can't even think about it without starting to tear up. But Sheree being stood up by Tyrone 
was fuck that oh my god first of all she's been there for him through so much and not that it's ever right to stand anyone up regardless like there's no excuse there but on camera when you know that she just drove two hours to be with you to film this scene that is so humiliating i'm sorry it just makes it worse she handled it like a champ like i think it could have been way more embarrassing and heartbreaking if she hadn't like had such a strong front up but i knew in her heart she was absolutely devastated and then to see her call kenya like oh my god it it, there's no words poor little sheree to me the way that i felt watching that was that when she got into the car if the cameras were down she started crying it's like you're not even mad you're just sad she posted on Instagram like this video of her basically naked and like getting dressed in full glam and wrote, no show, no call. Hmm. Since he couldn't rise, I hashtag rose with like a flower of a rose. Like, good for you, Sheree. That's right. Good for her. Listen, Sheree's a catch. Oh my God. The biggest catch. Tyrone really fucked up not meeting he her really, in Philly. Yeah, he really fucked up. Especially, <laughs> she looked fabulous. Oh, beyond. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot pet insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because... You just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. There is no better feeling than the feeling that I felt that I timed my Ladies of London rewatch to end the day before Real Housewives of Dubai premiered, and I got to see Caroline Stanberry having her goodbye, hello, Dubai party 
with her friends in London. And then fast forward a couple years later, and here she is, this whole new life in Dubai, and seeing all her friends in her new lifestyle. It was absolutely perfect. Best transition of all time. I'm honestly really happy for you that you had that. Like as you were talking, I was imagining how like satisfying that must have felt. But I was actually going to start out by asking you, I did not watch Ladies of London. So for all mm. intents and purposes, this is really like my introduction to Caroline. How do you feel that she was on this show comparatively speaking? She's so different. She's completely changed as a person, but it's also so hard because she's someone that I've kept up really closely with on social for all these years. So I wish I could have seen, like, not watched her in between the last episode until now, which is like five or seven years later, and seen the difference. But I feel like I kind of know her because I watch her, I've listened to her podcast. Like, I'm all in on the Caroline Stanberry boat. So it's hard to say. But when we left her in London, she was married to her ex-husband. She was still very, um, just like a harsher person and really closed off. And now with Sergio, she's in a new house. She's a little bit more fun and playful. I think she understands the whole reality show game a lot more and feels like this is sort of her show in a way because like she's the Bravo vet. So she like, it's not her first rodeo, whereas everybody else it is. Um, but I don't know. I'm just so glad she's back because her being on only three seasons of a show was just a misfortune. And now she's getting the more screen time she deserves. What do you think about what Ayan said about her and Sergio's relationship? Like, I just think it's an easy target. And I think everybody, obviously, optics at first sight is like, hmm, you know, what an easy butt of the joke. But when you actually like see them and understand them, I've literally listened to them speak about their relationship on podcast. I think they like are in fucking love and obsessed with each other. And I really actually think it will last. Even Andy was saying on Watch What Happens Live when Ion said that he's like, uh, I've seen them off camera and they're pretty in love. And that's true. And I really – I believe that. Yeah. I mean I don't know. I have absolutely nothing to base it off of, which is interesting to hear you say it because to me it's like I'm such a newbie for, for this particular group that I hear Ion say that and now that's in my head, right? Like I don't have anything to base it off of. I love Dubai. I am like really happy about this season. The same – feeling of serotonin I had watching Miami of just like literally the colors and the vibrance and the editing is how I feel about Dubai. And it is like doing something to me. Well, I mean, this is totally a franchise where the city as the backdrop plays such a huge role. And even in their confessionals, they're explaining things that the public would not know. You know, your average person would maybe not have that knowledge and they're explaining how things work there. And it's just so different. I mean, it is very interesting, just strictly from an educational perspective, whether you like it or don't like it or agree or don't agree. It's, I mean, to me, I just feel like I'm learning a lot about the way that that country yeah. operates. It's so interesting. Like I'm, I, you're, I, you're right. It's like an education on all different cultures. And then also all of these cultures living in Dubai, which like didn't exist. It's just, it's really amazing. And like, so not a place I thought housewives would ever go. And I'm so happy they did. And I have to say, I know we're only two episodes in and I love Ayan. I get it. She is the moment. She's an icon. Her opening is one of the best of all time, but I am loving Lisa. Oh, interesting. I really like Sarah. Oh, I like Sarah too. I like all of them. I don't know. Caroline Brooks, I think I need to figure out. Well, let's backtrack for a second because Ion is it in terms of just having that initial camera presence and like wow factor. I mean, you're just obsessed with watching her. And I think also what was 
really unique about her is that in addition to having this like va-va-voom lifestyle and she's this gorgeous model and she's so over the top, she also has so much depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you're just getting that one side. She's very multifaceted. You're seeing when she's in that conversation with Sarah and she's explaining the depths of her trauma. Like this woman has been through it. And so I find her very interesting. But then I honestly really like Lisa as well. I think that what Ayan said is true. She does feel like a ride or die. But I would say that my top three were Lisa, Ayan, and Sarah. I like Nina a lot, but I don't trust her. Or I don't trust her yet. I just feel like based on what I've heard and how she was shit-talking Caroline is now buddy-buddy with her, I got to feel it out. It's just so hard. Like, I forgot. I don't know. I guess we did it with Salt Lake City. But since then, we haven't really had, like, a full new franchise. And I forgot how hard it is to really, like, submerge yourself in a full new group, like, where I'm learning everybody's names, but I'm also getting, like, the full backstory of their whole life. And it's just... It's a lot, but this was such a fun viewing experience, and, like, I'm so in. Yeah, no, I'm in on it also. And the looks? Oh, no, forget about it. Ion showing up at Sarah's in that, like, beaded – I mean, this is different than just, like, when Dorit comes in a full, like, Louis Vuitton trench coat, and everyone's like, oh, you're dressing up for the show. It's, like, enough. We get it. Or all the conversations we've had about how the glam is so, like, a fourth wall break almost because it used to be just the women, like, running around in their workout outfits. This just feels different. Like, I feel like they would be dressing up anyway, especially Ayan. I feel like she's a full – archive Kim Kardashian wardrobe that she's been waiting to pull out and that she pulls out anyway. So now the camera's filming. It's like, oh my God, let me bring out my best stuff. Yeah. Oh, you know, they have this stuff ready to go. It's not just for the cameras. But I think that that is honestly part, you know, part to do with just the lifestyle and the level of wealth and extravagance that comes from Dubai. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I am so excited for Ultimate Girls Trip though. (gasps) Two weeks. Like, that's it. I mean. No, that is like, that's going to be our Super Bowl right there. The clip of Brandy and Taylor yelling at each other and Brandy says all she can think about is the cat meme. Are you kidding me? No, that is like too many layers of intertextuality. Like, that is just (laughs) some next level shit. We're going to get to a point when like, it's going to be Winter House, Southern Charm, Potomac, Atlanta, Dubai, Beverly Hills. Like, we're, There's no way we're going to be able to do everything in one episode. It's going to have to get to the point where we're not going to be able to do segments. And it's just going to be like, here are the best moments that happened this week. And like every week it'll be different depending on what shows we're going to touch on. Because yeah. it's there, there's just no way like in order to get have, an episode out. I was going to say if anyone listening has input of like what they really want to hear about and what they are not as interested, I'm always curious to hear that too. Because if we need to prioritize – like. Sometimes they're all amazing and sometimes they're not all amazing. So any input is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, yes, I totally agree. Any input is helpful and I'm very appreciative of it. But everybody's opinion is so different. I know. We have to just find the patterns. Yeah, I guess we just have to find the patterns. I don't know. We'll see. Well, oh, even my own opinion changes week to week. Like some weeks I'm like, I need to recap this. And some weeks I'm like, eh, it just ebbs and flows. But I guess we'll feel it out. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Thanks for going on that journey with us, everybody. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to mention? Um, <laughs> Ramona's eyebrows or no? <laughs> the microblading. Uh, oh, I can't God. help it. Like I just, I just like following her. It's just fun. I, when I see her icon pop up, it's like, all right, Ramona, give it to me. What do we got today? Right, like let me strap in because I know I'm in for a ride. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, God, oh. we power through it. I, I said in the regular episode that Isabel 
like did not have a voice and I have to say that you really pulled it together for this and I don't I, I don't know I if you vocal rest actually <laughs> just rewatching um you know some shows what finishing season two of hacks and I'm so happy to be here yeah I don't know if people can <laughs> tell us whatever you know what fuck it next week's a new week right yep exactly okay love you guys thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week Thank you.